In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Hi, hi. 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 Hi to you. Hi, hi to our listeners. Hi, listeners. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. No. Hi, hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, which is a podcast. That I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, the host together, yep. together co-hosts, co-host equal shares. Yeah. First of all, what this is is a, a podcast, podcast in which great. I, Jack no. Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, okay. discuss the, the seminal okay. works uh, from Anne Matthews Martin, Princeton's own, Princeton's own. Uh, Anne Jack, Martin. Uh, we haven't done this in a while, but Jack grew up reading the books at his cousin Pip's house, mm-hmm. and Tanner is a dumb idiot <laughs> at his reading level. And this week we read. Book number book number twenty four. Christy and the Mother's Day surprise. Yes, good. Well done. Can I tell you something? Yeah, I ended up last week's episode, mm-hmm. and I was looking something up. I was looking to confirm who played Dawn in the Babysitters Club movie, mm-hmm. and Which we're going to watch one of these days. Yeah, it's the, the Baby Nation has been clamoring mm-hmm. for us to to watch that movie and discuss it for you to watch it i don't know i don't they didn't mention me specifically uh, no so why I, would they but yeah, um great okay i watched the trailer and yeah. a it looks great really and b i it seems like maybe it combines several books yeah but one of the big things about the trailer one of the big things that seems to happen in the movie is all the babysitters get together and take the kids to a carnival. Oh wait, you think it's based on this book? I think it's partially based on this book. What the other part that seems to happen yeah. is Christie's dad comes back to town. <gasps> so I read this entire book just waiting for Christie's dad to come back, and he never did. So now I know that the movie is maybe an amalgam of several books. Oh my god! If Christie's dad comes back, I will I don't think not he ever will know what to do with myself. I hope he never will. Oh, that's crazy. He's a monster, obviously. Yeah, it comes up in this book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's part that's part of the reason it was early in this book. Wow. Chrissy talks about her dad and I was like, "Oh shit, that that homeboy's coming back." Yeah. And he never did. Thank God. Wow. I hope that's something we never have to deal with. I hope that's something we never Can have to deal with. Can I also say right at the top? Yeah. Mimi featured heavily in this book. Yeah. I just want to say I love Mimi. Yeah, me too. She's a gem. Yeah. She's, She's a beacon in the darkness of these babysitters' lives. So wise. And I love that Anna Martin slowed down aging in this, this this book series and that she will never die. Yeah, thank God for that. Mimi is the only thing that's holding this club together, these books together, and honestly, just in my day-to-day life, yep. me together. Here's a thought. Yep. Um, let's tell the baby nation, the baby nation. Yeah, okay. I feel like we've gotten through a lot. I've been Tanner Greenring. And I've been Jack Shepard. This has been another episode of the Babysitter's Club. Club. No, listen, I think that we should tell them what happened in the book. What do you think? You're getting ready. You're getting ready. Here's what I'm going to do. It's a segment for the love of God. If you've listened to this podcast even once, you know what it is. I'm going to describe what happens in the book beautifully and succinctly. Yep, and, and I'm going to listen on begrudgingly. You're going to listen on begrudgingly. And then, and then edit in a bed of music. <laughs> to, to, to distract from like the 14 polished sentences that I spent. <laughs> spent the entire day at work today just like pouring over like uh-huh. with like a dictionary open in front of me um, sublime sublime <laughs> perfect I'm going to describe for the baby nation in one sentence what happened in this book mm-hmm. then I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock and you're going to describe the rest 
of the details. Great, I'll believe it when I say it. One sentence. Uh, it's it's been like twenty-five episodes. Can so I be honest? It's it's five sentences. Okay. <laughs> Just Thank you for being honest. <laughs> Nothing surprises Elizabeth Thomas anymore. Not after her husband ran off and disappeared into the night, leaving her to raise four children on her own. Not after her beloved daughter, Christy, grew up to be a ruthless, power-hungry megalomaniac. I take issue. I know. Fair. And certainly not after her stepdaughter, Karen, began to show troubling signs of increasingly delusional behavior. But in a hard life full of unexpected tragedy and bitter disappointment, the most surprising thing of all was the one thing she'd almost completely forgotten about. The one thing she never expected to see again. Hope. Christy and the Mother's Day Surprise. That's pretty good. (laughs) And I need you to put 60 of the hottest seconds you've ever put on the clock for me. All right. To fill in your many, many gaps. I'm not going to lie. That was a beautiful description, but there were some gaps in it. And I'm looking forward to you filling them in in 60 seconds, starting... It's a dense book. It's a dense text. There's a lot. Now. Okay, um, it's Mother's Day. The girls want to do something nice for all the mothers of Stony Brook. They decide to invite all the kids to a big shindig at the carnival, which is in town, to give the mothers a day off. That happens. They bring Stacy back into town. We thought we were done with Stacy. Nope. Uh, she's back. Um, they It goes off relatively without a hitch. Um, Watson and Elizabeth... Christy's parents are uh, keep being weird about kids. They keep asking, oh, are you pregnant? They keep saying no. Um, it turns out that they are adopting a baby from Vietnam named something. And Emily. and Emily Michelle Thomas Brewer. And uh, the Mother's Day thing goes off without a hitch. Um, that's it. And time. Does anything else happen? Oh, and Mimi's... Mimi's Doing great. She's strong as ever. She seems fine. Solid as a rock. Nothing, there's nothing to worry about with, as far as Mimi's concerned. Yeah. Did I get it all? I I mean, the carnival stuff was it was kind of a dense book. A lot happens, but... Yeah, you got it all. Honestly, this is a book that was just like, we want to surprise the mothers. This is the thing that's ongoing now. Is like, And they actually like meta-references in the text. Where it's like, there's like a form of Babysitter's Club book. That is, like, the variety that is, like, we're not going to have a fight, right? There's the variety that's, like, we're all going to have a fight. Yeah. There's the variety. That's, that's nine out of ten yeah. books. There's a variety that's, like, some crazy things come to Stony Brook. Like, there's Phantom Phone Caller or, or whatever. Right. And then there's the variety that's, like, all the babysitters get together to babysit a surprising number of babies all at once. Right. And this follows that particular formula. Here's what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Stacy. Stacy reappears. Fine. Here's here's a line uh, that happens when they realize that Stacy's going to come back to help them with this big job. I could feel excitement mounting. Stacy, our old club member, soon the club would be together again. Actually, when I thought about it, I realized the club would be together again for the first time because the seven of us had never worked together. Jesse and Mal had joined the club after Stacy had left. Mm-hmm. This is the first book where the seven are one. Okay. All seven are together. Yep. Like, st- like I well, think... that's fine. Go ahead. 
I think that some technically like, nine. Shannon and Logan who didn't no, make it. No, we don't count. We don't count. But you know what else? Fucking Shannon and Logan like like never answer the call. They did. They're always like, let's they see they if she, step up. Let's see if Shannon and Logan can our associate sometimes consultant members can fucking step up and like they're hey, like no thanks. no thanks like I we have our own lives right yeah Stacy shows up and that f- has this feeling of like the group is suddenly cemented it's like the seven that were chosen yeah like, I don't buy it man Stacy's such a such a dud part of it is that they reference these other four times where they've all tried to sit multiple babies at once right which we're, we're talking Christie's um, big day right the wedding of Watson the wedding Brewer of Watson and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Thomas. Goodbye, Stacy. Goodbye. They like they have this like huge sitting fest where they like have a yard sale. In Stacy's like, backyard. Yep. Stacy's backyard. Stacy's mistake where they move to they go to New York to sit. Everybody. Everyone in Stacy's building. And then now this one, Christy right. and the Mother's Day surprise. That's yep. it. And all, so all Christy and Stacy POVs. Yeah. And so they reference those books. Like they don't reference them by name, obviously, but they're like, remember that time when we babysat all these right. and. The, these the ones leading up to this were all just practice runs. This is this is the big game. This is the big game. Stacy's back in town. The seven the seven or one the babysitters club for the f- literal first time since we've been reading these books yep. is unified. This is Sunday Night Lights. This is this is Sunday Night Lights. <laughs> Um, I thought that was pretty powerful, and there was something to me about there were all these like references. I can't believe you're coming down on on Team Stacy over here, dude. I'm not Team Stacy at all. Oh, uh, uh, this is pretty powerful. This this Stacy unifying the team. Uh, Stacy rah rah rah. Everyone loves Stacy. It's pretty powerful. Oh, I'm not Team Stacy. Like That's you, you. You don't have to be a huge fan of the Blue Power Ranger to agree that they're not going to defeat who the fuck is it. I don't know. Are you talking Power Rangers? Or? They're not going to come. They're like if Zordon. One of them, yeah, if one of them is missing. No, wait. Zordon's the guy who controls the Power Rangers. Oh right. Who is it? It's a oh. Uh, it's Deflector uh, Rita Rita Repulsor. Like they're not going to defefeat Rita That's Repulsor. Right. Jesus. Yeah, they're not going to defeat Rita Repulsor. You if don't she's think the blue not. could handle Rita Repulsor on his own? Well, look. That's you know. He's, the point is that they form like the Babysitters Club forms like Voltron. Uh-huh. Is that better? Is that speaking to you a little bit? The Babysitter's Club forms like Voltron, and whether or not you like the part of Voltron that is the Stacy part of Voltron, you need the part Stacey. that rarely shows up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's why they've been limping along. It's um, like the, it's the diseased pancreas <laughs> of Voltron. But you need it to be Voltron. Sure, I guess. Um, the thing that I liked about this, and the thing that I liked that M. Martin did. In relation to this, in relation to making this point, was this the lovely the lovely biblical reference that she throws in? Did you catch it? Of course, but you know, as usual, read it off for the baby nation. Okay, so it's like right when they didn't catch it, but I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, it's right when Stacy is shows up. Right. Right. Yep. And Christy says, "says Yep. Yeah. No, the, I know that you know. You don't. Yeah, yeah. You just let me." Let me just let me get it out, yep. and then you can comment on it. We're just saying it for the baby nation. Yeah. Um, Chrissy says talking about Stacy. Yep. And the younger kids. Uh huh. I was about to say that she might not even recognize, recognize. some of the youngest ones. Yeah. When I realized that it was five, five thirty, thirty-five. Five. Yep. And then she goes, as we know. Oh, go ahead. Then she goes, oh, yeah. order, oh, order. I cried, order, order. 
And which is like a very Christy thing. Yeah. Like when she's like trying to reaffirm the like babysitter's club order of things. Right. She just yells, she yells order all the right. time. So it's like these two signals, right? We got 535. 535. Which is Mark. Uh, Mark 535. Book five, yeah. Verse 35. Three, yeah, exactly. Which is. The healing the of Jairus' daughter. daughter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now you're with me, right? Yeah, of course. Oh. Uh, uh, which is the miracle where Jairus. Uh, uh, Love Jairus. Who is a patron of the Galilee synagogue. Definitely heard of Jairus. Asks Jesus uh, for help healing his daughter. And while Jesus is coming back to heal her, Jesus uh, is... he gets, there's an announcement that she, the daughter, the woman has died. The young girl has died. Great job, and Jesus. And Jesus brings her back to life, right? Oh, that's weird. Uh, Jesus is a necromancer? And then it just like weirdly at the end of that passage, it was like she was 12 or 13 years old. It's like a very, very clear call out by Anna Martin that Stacy was dead. Okay. To the BSC. Right. She's back. Right. She's well, we back. also know that Stacy escaped the the time crawl. Yes. 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 That's exactly what I'm leading up to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean. So she did it. Right. She escaped. She lived a life. She died. Yeah. And now she is reborn in Stony Brook. Right. Is Stony Brook like the fountain of youth? Like, if you and I go explore Connecticut yeah, and find Stony Brook and sup of its sweet nectars, yeah. will, we, will we be reborn? I don't, like, I, like, maybe only in the club, right? Because it seems like people outside of the, the circle of the club, like, are subject to the, the swirl of time and, like, the cycle of, of birth and death. Not Mimi. Not, well, not Mimi. Because she's, she's, like, close to Claudia's... Like she lives She's with Claudia essentially in the club. Yeah, She's but like, like all these all these other fuckers in Stony Brook are like popping out babies and like all these animals are dying and like right. shit is happening. There are all these moments in this book just to kind of reinforce your point where Stacy shows up and she's like, "Oh, everyone seems so much older," right? And like the girls haven't noticed it, but Stacy has. And then like that fades over the time that she's there. And at some point, Christy even points out Stacy was sitting on Claude's bed as if she'd never left Stony Brook. She's back to being a 13-year-old she's, girl. She's back to being a 13-year-old girl. Like, her New York cosmopolitan ways are past. She was like, she probably showed up, like, she probably walked across the boundary of Stony Brook, and she was, like, 19. Yeah, And then definitely. just, like, she's like, oh, I, I feel so young again. And, like, before she knows it, like, oh, yeah. I would hate to be 13 again. Oh, I so. am an awkward 32-year-old. Yeah. I was a much more awkward preteen and teenager. God damn. Damn, dude. I would, by extension, just to like to reaffirm that for you and, yeah. and support you in that, I would fucking hate to be hanging out with a 13-year-old version of you right now. Yeah. We've got a... I, he, here's a thing. Here's a true thing. I like. I have a lot more to say on that particular topic, as always, but... Hit me. Hit me. Just keep rolling. We got a... We gotta, we're talking about Christ. We're talking about... We're talking about Gyro. the... We're talking about the resurrection of Stacy. Yeah. Stacy comes back. The seven are one. Like, the anti-sitter that was foretold is Mallory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Mallory is the baby who is... Babysat. Who yep. is the baby who has become the sitter. Yep. Right? She used to be a baby, now she's a sitter. That's the anti-sitter. That's the sitter that was foretold. But there was one more piece of the puzzle that needed to be there for the babysitters to be fully united, and that's Stacy coming back. of Stacy. Unfortunately, this book ends with Stacy going back to New York. 
So unless they can contrive some way. Well, Jesus went back to heaven shortly after he was resurrected. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. And then we're left with this imperfect world where we just kind of have to figure it out by ourselves. Speaking of the things yeah. that the prophecy foretold, mm-hmm. there would be a newborn yeah. who would unite the clans. Yes. There would be one who would unite the brewers mm-hmm. and who would, who would oh, unite yes. the Thomases. Yes. Yeah. And that newborn was not who we were expecting failed to come into fruition there is not there is not a perfect union of the brewers yeah and the thomases yeah as we were led to believe there would be over and over again in this book yeah instead there was an abomination who is neither neither brewer nor a brewer yeah we have emily michelle michelle thomas thomas Brewer. brewer yeah who is the newest member of the Thomas Brewer clan. She's like an adopted baby from right. Vietnam. Yeah. Just to lean into that a little bit. One of the things that Mimi says in her like wanderings and her weird prophetic utterances throughout this is she wanders she wanders into the room and she's like, "I'm looking for the cow. I'm looking for the cow." And like as you know, cows are in Vedic symbolism or just like in general, fertility. like cows symbolize fertility. Obviously. Yeah. Right? And so it's Anne Matthews Martin doing this nod. Christy's mom keeps on being Everyone asks Christy's mom yeah. no less than 10 times. Right. Hey, are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? And every time she says, no, uh-huh. but... Well, but I've got this glow about me. How would you feel me? about having a new brother or sister? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, all right, pregnant. But she's not. Nope. She's not. And Instead, we have this this anti-Thomas, this right. anti-brewer. Right. And he, here's what they say. She's just ours. She belongs to Watson and Andrew and Karen, and she belongs to mom and my brothers and me. She would bring us together. She would unite us. That was what mom and Watson's wedding was supposed to have done. But it hadn't exactly worked. Emily just might do the trick. I think this is Christy being utterly delusional, right? She's not gonna. Do, she's not gonna unite them. Like she's like a perfect version of what they can never be. Both Watson and Brewer, in a way that like like Christy can no, only I ever disagree. be. Okay. I think she is neither Watson or Brewer. She's gonna be this this corruption. Wow. Well, that's powerful. We're gonna have to keep an eye on this. Yeah, we're going to have to keep an eye on this, Jack. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to have to keep an eye on this. This is corruption. Maybe I wonder if... To the paradise, to the paradise that is Stony Brook? Yeah. To the paradise that is the Brewers and the Thomases? Yeah. Now we've introduced this black hole. Yeah. This is why I'm saying she's an abomination. Well, and we know how these books end, right? We've talked about this before. With fire. The last book is book, I think, 160, The Fire at Marianne's House. It's pretty upsetting. Yeah. It's upsetting the balance. I don't mean I am upset. I mean that it is upsetting the balance of Stony Brook. It is upsetting the balance of the Thomases and the Brewer clans. Right. Well, and that's the game. Like, that's the game of Stony Brook, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like something always comes in to upset the balance, and then, like, something always comes back to restore order. I think that th- this time it was Stacy. Like, Stacy was what stabilized it. Stacy was what kept it from going out of control because, like, the circle is closed, right? The seven or one. <laughs> but, you know, who knows? Stacy left and, like, that circle is broken again. And, like, who knows what's going to happen next week in Marianne and the Search for Tigger. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Can I introduce a, uh, a new segment? Oh, my God. Please. But we've got a lot of segments to get through. So we're going to do, like, fast-acting segments. Please introduce your new Great. segment. It's not a new segment. It's an old segment. It's called Baller of the Week. Baller of the Week. I tricked you. It's not a new segment at all. It's an old segment. It's called Baller of the Week. Okay. On the bed, in a row, sat Marianne, Don, and Claudia. 
watching me intently. Marianne's hair was pulled back in a ponytail and held in place with a black and white checkered bow that matched the short skirt she was wearing. Around her neck was a chain, and dangling from it were the gold letters that spelled <laughs> yeah. out her name. Yeah. Marianne. Marianne. Yeah. Dawn was wearing a necklace too, only hers said, I'm awesome. <laughs> Honest, where has she gotten it? <laughs> California, probably. My yeah. bowler of the week is Dawn, yeah. Dawn for Shepherd. wearing a necklace that yeah. just says, I'm awesome. Dawn, Dawn fucking went to some like head shop yeah. in California with her brother Jeff. That's fucking baller. Yep. She's like, yeah, that's me. I couldn't pull that off. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if I came to work with a necklace, like a huge just fucking a necklace? Gold a gold chain. chain that said, I'm awesome. <laughs> because people would be like, no, you're not. No. No, you're not. Or Dude, like, who did you take that from? Yeah, come on. Yeah, but with Dawn, there everyone's like, "Yeah, man, that's yeah. so Dawn." She pulled it off. That, like that really like summarizes. And like, I who think she next is. to the austere Marianne, yeah, wearing like a tiny delicate <laughs> Marianne, Marianne necklace, yeah. Dawn comes in like Mister T, <laughs> <laughs> gold chains on top of gold chains, uh, like rings on every finger. I like the I now have a picture of like Marianne and Dawn shopping together for necklaces. <laughs> and Marianne's like, Don, Don, I found this one that says my name. Like, do you want this one that says Don? And Don's like, fuck no. <laughs> found a better one. I found a better one that's like way more. Oh, about what does yours say? Marianne? <laughs> Cute. Cool. Um, no, I don't have a baller of the week. Um, but I do want to move on. I'm ready to move on. I don't know how we introduce this particular segment, but it's one that you invented, and okay. it's my literal fucking favorite of okay. all time. It's called Track and Jackie. Track and Jackie! <laughs> we have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! Um, Track and Jackie! Track and Jackie! Track and Jackie! I do want to explain for the new baby bees, and I will not, as is my policy, explain to them why I'm calling them bees. No, no, no need. Yeah, no need. You read the book. They know why. You read the book. <laughs> but Baby Bees, for, for your benefit, Jackie Rudowski is accident prone in a way that makes no sense. He can't walk two steps without falling over, tripping, dropping something. And what we have surmised from a lot of clues that Anne Matthews Martin has left for us throughout these books is that he is jumping through time. Yes. Jumping through space and time. Absolutely, he is. There's no question about it. He's actually a really talented athlete and yep. super smart, wise beyond his years. Yep. And whenever it's he makes... It's almost as if he's lived lifetimes. Yeah. And accumulated unimaginable amounts of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Every time he has an accident, it's because whatever was on his mind at the time sends him to a place in space and time where he lives out a lifetime and then he blips back into the moment that's like a second later and like an accident happens. Yep. Here's the first Track and Jackie moment in this book. Us sitters began tying the balloons to the kids' wrists and our own. Just before Mallory could tackle Jackie Radowski's, it slipped out of his hand and floated away. Oh, Jackie! cried Mallory in dismay, even though he is our walking disaster. We know to expect these things. But Jackie didn't look the least bit upset. My balloon is on its way to the moon, you know, he said. That's where these things go. He indicated the colorful garden of helium balloons around him. Is that the moment you captured? Yep. Did you have some thoughts? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So last time we did this, yeah, 
we supposed that Jackie went back in time mm-hmm. to the 1960s to save John F. Kennedy. But as we know, he's not limited to just going back in time. He's also capable of going forward in time. And I believe that's what's happened here. As do I. I believe he went to the distant future Mm -hmm. where humanity has used up their space and resources on Earth and have had to resort to colonizing extraterrestrial planets and moons. Yep. Starting with our own moon. Yep. And I suspect that Jackie has now blipped forward hundreds of years. Yeah. We've colonized the moon. Mm -hmm. We've colonized Mars. We're working on colonizing Mercury. Who knows? Mm -hmm. The moon is a vibrant community. The way we have colonized the moon, the way we've terraformed it to be Earth hospitable, Mm -hmm. is we've sent up solar balloons. Oh, wow. So these are balloons that contain packets. We can't... We can't waste millions on rockets, Jack. Right. That's just not feasible. Yeah. We're sending daily rations, daily packets up to the moon, intercept course of the moon. That's know? where these things go. That's where these things go. That's where these things go. Jackie is blipped to the future. Yeah. Where he is a, a an engineer working for NASA. Or not NASA because like this is the future, right? right. Like there are no nations. Yeah, one world. Right. This is the this is the one world space agency. Yeah. The... Alsa. Sounds like Jar Jar Binks. Alsa. Yeah. Yep. And he and he is in charge of deploying these balloons mm-hmm. to terraform the moon and that is what he's done. I one, one night he he's laying in bed with his wife or husband because yeah. like in one world we don't have the luxury of choosing our mates. No. <laughs> Big, Big Brother, brother chooses for us. Yeah. Christy Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The sentient AI. <laughs> yep. Chooses yep. Our, our mates yeah. for us. She made, she made a fucking list. She wrote it down. Yep. She's like, order, order, <laughs> order. There's just pictures of Christy's yeah. face, menacing face all over town, and yeah. it just says, order, order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Good. And Jackie, Jackie Radaska closes his eyes. Yeah. And w- opens them again, and he is back in 1989. Just like, oh, not again. Well, God bless him, and God bless this segment. And God bless the one world, the one world space order. alliance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and our dear leader, Christy Thomas. Christy Thomas, order, yeah. order. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the balloon seller, and I'm realizing that. It actually does fit into a segment, kind of. Okay. Kind of, which is... Great American Novel of the Week! That's how we do segments. It feels wrong with the Great American Novel, especially now that I'm going to be like, it's not a novel, it's a poem. What poem? It's the E.E. E. Cummings poem. Okay. So it's devoid of any capitalizations or punctuation. Great. Good. It's probably like, balloon, balloon fly, balloon fly, There's humanity a, gone. It's like one of the most famous E.E. E. Cummings poems in just. I left some oranges in the fridge. It's about, And it has, the, it has a character in it that's the goat-footed balloon man. Is that Satan? Great. I'm so glad, I'm so glad you went straight to that. It's one of the most famous American poems. There's no way that if you're Anne and Martin, if you're Anne Matthews Martin, who, like, fucking knows her shit. Yeah, obviously. That, like, you have a character that's just called the balloon seller, and you're not, you're not nodding. To at, the like, goat-footed balloon man. To the goat-footed balloon man. Describe like, to me who the goat... E.E. E. Cummings' poems are not long. Yeah, they're short. Do you just want to read the poem? 
Yeah, I can. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll, you know what? That'll be nice. Injust by E.E. E. Cummings. Injust spring, when the world is mud luscious, the little lame balloon man whistles far and wee, and Eddie and Bill come running from marbles and piracies, and it's spring. When the world is puddle wonderful, the queer old balloon man whistles far and wee, and Betty and Isbel come dancing from hopscotch and jump rope, and it's spring, and the goat footed balloon man whistles far and wee. That's it. Why is he goat-footed? It seems so pleasant other than the fact that it's goat-footed. Here's what I got for you. I think that's exactly the thing. Goat-footed could be Pan, right? Like the god Pan, which represents, you know, frivolity, play, maybe some, like, tricksterism. Yeah, but, like, light tricksterism. Yeah. Goats also traditionally, especially in Greek tragedy um, or Greek comedy, uh, symbolize lust, which is fertility again, right? Yep. Which is like Anna Martin's doing a thing, which uh-huh. is like there're gonna be some more babies in Stony Brook, motherfucker. That's what the balloon, the balloon clown. Yeah. Or hello, David Michael. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have a new sister soon. <laughs> um, or goat footed is where you went right off the bat. Uh, it's one of the, the key descriptors of Satan in the Bible. Yeah. He has cloven hooves. But like the balloon man, the balloon seller comes up right at the beginning where David Michael is like, Christy, Christy, I want to see the balloon man. I want to see the balloon man. And she's like, okay, Jesus, we'll, we'll see what see we the can do. Man. And then Calm like, down. and then he just like comes onto the scene, like hands them balloons. He's dressed as a clown. He doesn't yep. say shit. Right. He hands them balloons. He walks off. Christy Jackie expects- Radowski time jumps into the fucking yeah. like 29th century. <laughs> Christy expects to have to pay the balloon man. Yeah. But the balloon man offers his services for free. For free. Yeah. He's giving more than just balloons. Yeah. And what that is, you know, this is Anne. This is Anne doing I know what thing. it is. What is it? It's hope. Wow. That casts a different light on Emily Michelle Thomas Brewer. The baby that was foretold that unifies them, right? It unifies them. That child is both Brewer and Thomas. And at the same time, neither. Um, We got some some more. Jack Shepard. Yes. Tanner Greenery. I have got a question for you. Okay. This book Mm -hmm. promised to be a tearjerker. It's Mother's Day. Obviously, there's something else going on. Yep. Maybe there's a new baby in the in the babysitters club. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's not. Yep. If you were like me, mm-hmm. you held on until the closing chapters. You thought there's definitely going to be a. Tearful moment. I'll add that in. Do it. Yeah, I'll just add it in. We added it in. It's very hard for me not to do. No, I'll just add it in. I'll add the bomb sound effect. (laughs) All the explosion. I'll add the the baby. Um, you were holding off hope. Yeah, hoping there'd be a a real tearjerker of a tearful moment at the end of this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, what was your tearful moment this week? I got I got a clear one. Uh, and listeners to previous episodes will know that this particular aspect of the babysitter biography tends to get the waterworks. You know what uh, I captured? Definitely Jack's tearful moment. (laughs) Yep. And now I want you to read it to me. Okay. 
word for word what I highlighted in my text. Okay. It begins like this. It's going to be a little bit out of context, but I think the listeners will know once I get into it what it's referring to. I um, made a decision. decision. I mean, mean about, about Mother's, Mother's Day, Day, said Marianne. Marianne. Six heads <laughs> swivel toward her. <laughs> God, I got you pegged, man. <laughs> Woo! I'm giving my father a Mother's Day present. He's been a good... I'm tearing up now. He's been a good father and a good mother to me. Or at least he's tried to be. And I want to let him know it. And throughout this book, for context, everyone's like, what are we going to give our moms for Mother's Day? What are we going to give... And then everyone's like, looks at Marianne, who's like fucking dead mom is like dead in the ground always for like quietly 12 like tearing years. up in the corner like, <laughs> and she's marrying just like <laughs> oh, mother's day guys <laughs> it's fucking brutal and like no everyone's like uh marianne anyway we're too excited to fucking like tend to our our friend whose mom died and right. like but marianne fucking just like gets her shit together and like solves the problem herself and she's like you know what i'm gonna participate in this i'm gonna give my dad a mother's day present and that made me cry, and then the thing that really made me cry is what she gets him is just like she gets him a book that he wants. Yeah, books he wants. Yeah, she's she, like, yeah. I have her to give reasoning him a t- is like, yeah. listen, I have to give him a lot of presents every year: his birthday, Christmas, yeah. Father's Day. Yeah. yeah, Mother's Day is going to be kind of a, a phone in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Mother's Day gifts, yeah. After the carnival, yeah, and after the lunch in the park, yeah, the babysitters take all the kids to make. Mother's Day cards for their mothers. Right. The kids all do it. Mm-hmm. They're all very excited about it. My cheerful moment comes when Claire Pike makes her Mother's Day card. Mm-hmm. It's ve- it's a very <laughs> cute, touching moment. Yeah. Claire kind of takes the cake. Yeah. She runs up to Christy and Mallory and Jesse. Yeah. Look, said Claire. Look at my card. I looked. It said, Happy Moth's Day. <laughs> Love, Claire. <laughs> Happy Moth's Day. Happy Moth's Day. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, that really got to me because she just did her best. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a reading of this that, like, they're all bees, and, like, one of the bees, like, married married a moth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, Cla- and Claire just was like... Absolutely. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a reading of this. Happy <laughs> Moth's Day. Happy Moth's Day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind that you're a moth. Yeah. <laughs> Love you no matter what. Uh, that got me. I, I really liked Happy Moths Day. Yeah. That's not our only segment. No, we got another segment that's pretty important, and it's particularly important for Christie yeah. books. But Jack, can yeah. I crack open the door okay. and bring you into Christie's Closet? What? Christie's Closet. What? Claudia was wearing the same old dumb bullshit she always is. Crazy clothes. Christie... Christy's changed her shit up a little bit. Today. Had a had a unique yeah. wardrobe this week. Great. And I want to talk about it. Yeah. Here's the big difference between them and me. This morning, I dressed in my jeans and running shoes, a t-shirt with a picture of Beaver Cleaver on it. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yep. And my Collie Dog baseball cap. Yep, that's a classic. Then I added my SHS, Stony Brook High School, sweatshirt that used to belong to Sam, since the weather would probably get a little chilly this morning. Yeah. I feel like Chrissy's really like rocking her ensemble this week. Yeah. It's the first time in 20 weeks that she's not wearing her Steve Jobs turtleneck with she a sweater over is. it and jeans. I live in like a young neighborhood. Yeah. In Brooklyn, New York, full of like 22-year-old hipsters. Yeah. 
And I'm a 30, like, I'm out of place. Yeah. Like, I wear a button down every day. Yeah. But I could literally describe 15 people I pass on the street walking my dog every day who is dressed in a, like, v- retro t-shirt. Yeah, from the 80s. A um, yeah. vintage sweatshirt from their own high school. Mm-hmm. And a ironic, like embroidered cap. Well, Christie's, which is exactly what Christie is dressed. She's ahead of her time. Uh, Um, And then to continue on to your boring segment of Claudia and Stacy's closet, they're just wearing the same old dumb bullshit they always wear. Well, can I describe it for the baby nation? Yep. (laughs) Here's what Claudia's wearing. Claudia, like I, I like I keep wanting to say that Claudia outdid herself. But like I don't even know if she can at this point. But she's on. That's some... the thing. It's 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 like rote at this point. Yeah. It's just like I'm gonna come up with the craziest shit I can. Like, like I think that... Christie's almost refreshing at this point. It, like I think that Anna Martin like writes these books in their entirety, but she leaves out a section that's like the moment that's what Claudia's wearing, and then she just like eats a bunch of like hallucinogenic mushrooms <laughs> and just like her, with her like tether to the the real yeah. world is always purple sneakers she's like all right man i've got it yeah exactly and she's like <laughs> i'm gonna drop a bunch of acid she's like the last thing i saw was purple sneakers <laughs> it's always purple sneakers gonna... that's always what brings <laughs> me back <laughs> extrapolate from that yeah so this time it was a dress it starts off claudia was wearing a pretty tame dress With a red necktie. Then she had these new very cool roll socks. When she pushed them down just right, they fell into three rolls. The top roll was red, the middle one was peacock blue, and the bottom one was purple. She looked as if she were wearing ice cream cones on her feet. Like, Anna Martin's like, oh, it's fucking kicking in now. (laughs) In her hair was a braided band in red, blue, and purple, just like her socks, and dangling from her ears. And at this point, Anna Martin's like, oh, wait. Like who sold me this shit? Were get this spiders in webs? <laughs> Claudia even wore her snake bracelet. <laughs> like what are you do? Like Claudia, what the fuck are you doing? You're terrifying me. You're right, man. It's like a bad trip. <laughs> like spiders and snakes yeah. crawling all over her. Listen, we got one more segment. It's my favorite segment. It's your favorite segment. And I'm going to have to look through my notes because I'm going to have a hard time choosing because I captured six. Bird of the week! Yeah, I realized like as we were building up to it that you had you were gonna make it plural, and so all I could think of, even that like beautiful intimate moment where you were syncing up on Burn of the Week, was like, is it Burns of the Week or Burn of the Week? I think weeks? in the past we've said Burns of the Week. <laughs> Burns of it's the like week. Attorneys General. <laughs> Attorneys General, yeah, gins and tonic. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to? You want me to hit you with mine while you're looking? I want you to hit me with yours because I'm gonna have a hard time choosing. I got a few. Here's the one. Here's the one that just kind of jumped out at me. Um, it's Dawn and Chrissy's brother Charlie Kay. are interacting. Okay. Dawn is singing a song Kay. in the kitchen. Okay. Charlie goes, "What is that song?" Don responds, uh, it's, you know, it goes, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Wow, another ass reference. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Good fucking point. Good point. Anna Martin is just like, she's like, I love this picture that we have developing of Anna Martin. That she's like sitting there listening to like Lucy in the sky with diamonds <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> she's just like, like writing these things in like an acid <laughs> fever. 
She banged out all 35 in one night. Uh, Oh, said Charlie. That old one. Don nodded. She continued singing it softly. The girl with colitis goes by. Yeah. What? I said. What? Quiet, Sam. He let out a guffaw. Don looked puzzled. (laughs) It's the girl with kaleidoscope eyes, he informed her. Don and I glanced at each other and shrugged. Either way, it's a weird song, I said. (laughs) And I just read that as like the sickest burn on the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) Kaleidos is like diarrhea. Yeah, but like... Like that song makes no sense, <laughs> and I like they were high on acid, <laughs> Jack. If you're a stickler for like whether it's the girl with kaleidoscope by, and you're like, actually no, it's the girl with kaleidoscope eyes. Like Don and Christy, who like don't have any context for like the history of the Beatles and yeah, like whatever. what they mean to rock music. It's either like, a reference yeah. to like euphoric drug use or yeah. like <laughs> terrible diarrhea. Yeah, someone has dysentery. <laughs> like. Yeah, that was my burn of the week. Here's the one I think I'm going to settle on. Yeah. Stacy's back in town. Mm-hmm. She's um, babysitting these 21 kids mm-hmm. at the carnival. Yeah, because that's what Stacy likes to do. When she's like, oh, I've, I can take a few days off, off school yeah. and go Live to my favorite fucking town and just like babysit, like spend the entire weekend taking care of 21 fucking children for like six fifty an hour. No, yeah. for fucking free. Yeah, for free. For fucking They're free because it's a Mother's They're Day. They're paying surprise. for this. They're privilege. paying out of their dues. Jesus Christ. Anyway. I was about to explain the tags to them when Jamie shrieked, Stacy! <laughs> he ran to her and threw his arms around her legs. You came back! Just for a visit, she told him. Boy, am I glad to see you. I think you've grown another foot. Oh, yes. Jamie looked down. Nah, I've still just got the two, he replied. <laughs> But he was smiling. Yeah, that's fucking good. That's a good burn of the week. And that's Jamie Newton, like, like. Yeah, that's that's fucking the the quick wit, the quick hands, yeah. the quick QB options out on the field. Oh, exactly. That's like th- looking at J- thinking about Jamie Newton as the quarterback that he's going to become, Cam Newton, right. football man, Cam Newton. As Fo- we've established, Hall of Fame co- football man, Cam Newton. Future Hall of Fame football man, Cam Newton. As we have established in previous episodes, new baby bees. Yep. Good, that explained it for them. (laughs) Read the books, listen to the early episodes, catch up, and if you can't tell that this is obviously a parable about the early life of football man, Super Bowl star Cam Newton. And if you obviously can't tell that this is a story about sentient beings. Yeah, and if you can't tell that there's like obviously a (laughs) time-jumping... Young man who's lived <laughs> lifetimes. One thing that is obvious is that Jamie Newton, at least this should be obvious to you, baby bees, that Jamie Newton in this moment, it's like the ball is snapped to him. Stacy's like, it looks like you've grown another foot. The ball is snapped to him. He looks left. He looks right. He's got all kinds of time. He sees a receiver on the left side who's covered by the shutdown corner from the other team. Yeah. He looks to his... Not his, an option. Yeah, not an option. He sees this receiver on the on the right side who's running a little button hook, but he's covered by the, the middle linebacker on the other team. Then he looks deep. He, ta- he escapes the pocket. He looks deep, and all of a sudden, he's got all kinds of time. He's got all kinds of time. His offensive line is holding. His offensive line is holding. He just sees all this daylight, and he's like, I've got the perfect fucking joke right now. 
And that joke is... I wrote it down, too. <laughs> I, I didn't get it away. <laughs> you think I've grown another foot? No. I still only have two. Burning the fucking wall. That's hot. Hail Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Hail Mary. Touchdown. Stacy's just, like, explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Listen, we've got some follow-up segments. Yeah, one of them is to remind you, Baby Nation. Yeah, to go rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Yeah, that's really important. And also, I love reading the reviews, and they make me really, really, really happy. Only leave positive reviews. Yeah, no three stars. Those are the most insulting ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only fours and fives, or ones if you really hated it. But honestly, ideally fives. Ideally fives. Yeah, only fives. Yep, only fives. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yep. Um, and if you must say something unpleasant, go ahead and say it about me and not Tanner, because Tanner can't take it. I can take it. We have a number of recent Facebook posts, one of which was you went onto the Facebook page and um, illuminated the boys' quadrant Yep. with some fo- photographic evidence. Mm-hmm. People can go find that. Right. But... One of our babies, Baby B Chelsea, mm-hmm. paired up every Kanye outfit from essentially the last ten years with book covers from all the Babysitters Club books. Th- that was just incredible piece of work, which we posted this week. And if you haven't seen that yet, you have to go check it out. Yeah, um, it is it is impeccable. Yeah, I think that's the only real listener mail I have. I feel like that's a pretty good note for us to start wrapping things up, my man. Is, is there anything in particular in this book that you desperately wanted to get to that we haven't got to yet? No. Confidently, no. Good. Next week, we're reading a book that makes me, frankly, kind of nervous. The babysitters are always fine in the Sitterverse of Anne M. Martin. You know who doesn't do well? The animals. The animals. And the next, babysitters yeah. and Mimi are and always Mimi, fine. Yeah, and Mimi's fine. Uh, Mimi's always fine. Right. Mimi and the babysitters are fine. The animals, who fucking knows? Last time we had a, a book that focused on an animal, the animal just like did not make it to the end of the book. And well, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. It was bad. I don't want to talk about it. It's sad. Episode. Next week, we're reading we a book about. called Marianne and the Search for Tigger. Huh. That doesn't sound promising. That doesn't sound promising. These babysitters are letting animals escape left and right. Like, was it last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, Jesse Ramsey. Jesse Ramsey let a fucking snake escape in Stony Brook. Right, and who the fuck knows? Like, what and she let a, 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 a hamster have ten babies. Yeah, on her watch. Yeah, and now Marianne apparently Tigger's on the loose. Next week we're going to be diving into that because we are nothing if not brave. This is a podcast that is about truth. We're going to explore the truth of that book. I in seven days time. Seven days time. Baby Nation. Mark of the calendar, Baby Nation. <laughs> the prophecy has foretold the prophecy, the that prophecy. one would be born who would unite the Brewer and Watson clans, and in seven days' time, Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring will discuss the search for Tigger. The circle is broken again. The seven are no longer one. Stacy has moved to New York. Tigger is gone. And Mimi is eternal. Mimi lives forever. That's what we're going to be reading next week. I have been Jack Shepard. I've been Tanner Greenring. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, 
You'd think boys had just been invented. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club the wow. man is a blue lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to read the blue lantern oath? Yeah. Yeah, good. I if, like if I read an entire E.E. E. Cummings poem and you just sat there and like didn't complain once. Yeah, if I get to read E.E. E. Cummings in its entirety and keep it in the edit, you get to read the blue lantern oath. Yes. The blue lantern oath. In fearful day and raging night, with strong hearts full, our souls ignite. When all seems lost in the war of the light, look to the stars, for hope burns bright. Wow. Look to the stars. Let off your helium balloons into the stars. Look up. Just like Jackie Jackie Radowski was probably a blue lantern. He looks up into the stars and he just lets his balloon go. Oh, man, I'd love it if Jackie Radowski was a blue lantern.